0: Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. I've got the privilege of continuing in the book of Joshua this morning and we're looking at the the, uh, the time where the Israelites are at the border of, uh, of the Promised Land and about to... Um, move in and they've crossed the Jordan and are being told uh, what to do to begin a series of what will be many battles, but this is the first battle that they'll be uh, fighting to, um, to take over the Promised Land. I've entitled my message Victory uh, Through Obedience. I thought of other, other other titles like Entering the Promised Land, um, and the other one which relates to, how, to work, how it applies to all of our lives is Kingdom Living Now in Your Life, the promised land that God has for all of us um, as, as His people. How do we enter in? We are God's people, we are secure eternally in the God who has saved us, but the way uh, that He wants us to live now is part of that eternal blessing that He wants for us in our relationship with God here and now, and how do we have victory in our daily lives, um, and what is God saying to us this morning um, about that? About, uh, probably about 15 years ago, <coughs> excuse me, I had a cold a couple of weeks ago, and the aftermath's still there, so please be assured I don't have COVID, so, but about 15 years ago, uh, t- uh, 10 years prior to that, uh, my first wife and I had built a house in the hills, And it had a reasonable amount of equity, and I remember being really, uh, and this isn't financial advice for anyone here this morning, but I felt really exercised and challenged about what am I doing with that equity in my house. And I remember talking to my first wife and and saying, look, if we sold the house and gave all the equity to the poor... uh, think how many people would be helped. We're living in the hills. with a simple shoebox-shaped house with walls inside. Um, and, uh, and I just felt really challenged about that. And, um, and for, uh, Lynn just said to me, she said, well, look, if we sell the house and give all the equity to the poor, we'll be homeless, we'll be living in the car. Unfortunately, I believe in mutual submission and I submitted to my wife and she out of reverence for Christ and, and we didn't sell the house and the kids grew up in a home. But we, I was challenged about the whole area of how blessed we were and how blessed we are and how, um, um, how that could uh, uh, be a blessing uh, to others. But what I did do, I continued to wrestle with this question, how can I use what God's blessed me and our family with to bless others, and uh, one uh, thing that I uh, was began to think about, well, I could borrow money against my house and uh, invest it in shares and then whatever money that made, that could be a blessing to others, and I went to financial advisors and they would say, well, borrow 10 grand, you can't lose, and, the, um, and uh, I would say, well, if I can't lose, I'll borrow 100 grand and, and that'll work, and they freaked out and they wouldn't think that was a good idea, but something really weird that I felt led to do, and I won't go into all the details, uh, my, my middle daughter, uh, Narelle, her father-in-law, who was building a houseboat, he said, uh, why don't you build a houseboat? And I was in Thailand at the time as I was thinking about this. We'd taken a group from Norton Summit Church where, where I'd been pastoring. I was about 18 or 19 years at the time. And uh, we, 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 were in, uh, we had a couple from the CFS and the rest of the team from the church. And, uh, and during that time, I thought, why not? So I came home and... Uh, the first thing I did was ring up an architect and ring up someone who knew how to design and engineer to give drawings and to, give, give, to draw up that uh, what was an impossible thing. Now I want to highlight this, and you might wonder what this has got to do with what we're looking at this morning. But I'm not a builder, I'm not a tradesman, I'd never built a boat, I'd never been on a houseboat, and you, I won't try and explain all that and why I still went ahead. But I decided to go ahead and do this impossible task. And the things that I learnt in terms of taking on that challenge will come out in how the Jewish people, the Israelites, entered into the land. The first thing I did when I came home, I came home and I, um, and I, I spoke to and respected the advice of, of the architects, the engineers, the people who knew. And uh, for us as, as God's people, if we're going to enter in to what God has for us, we need to come to a point of worship and praise and respect for the God who knows how our lives should be lived. The first thing to do is to listen to the one who knows. And the Jewish people were uh, coming to enter the Promised Land And they too needed to enter into and believe and accept uh, the truth of the one who knew how they were going uh, to win the victory. In Hebrews 12, verse 1, speaking to us as God's people. It says in Hebrews uh, 12 verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and sin that so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance um, and active persistence the race that is set before us. We need victory over things in our lives if we are to enter into the kingdom living that God has for us as uh, his people. There's a reality of life no matter what your circumstances that we can live in that is part of uh, the, the joy of what God uh, wants for us. In Romans 14 verse 17, it says, speaking of the reality we can know, the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking but about right relationships, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. No matter what our circumstances, we can have right relationships, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, how do we enter into that? How do we know that in our lives? How do we enter into the promised land of what God has for us as his people? And as I've already alluded to, the first thing is worship and encounter, that we encounter the living God who created us, who made us, who knows how we should live, who knows uh, what is best for us and he's made it very clear about what that is. Um, And uh, the first thing, as I mentioned, that I did when I was looking at doing this impossible task, I talked uh, to those uh, who were the architect and the designer um, and the engineers who knew what had to be done and I I respected what they had uh, to say and took that on board. And Joshua faced an impossible task. And the first thing that led to victory was an encounter with the commander of the army of the Lord. Dave suggested that he didn't quite cover this in chapter five, and I'm just gonna read the last two or three verses. It says from verse 13, it says, now when Joshua uh, was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And then Joshua fell face down on the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your handles for, sandals for uh, the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. He had respect and worship uh, for the God of the universe, the commander of the Lord's armies. If he was going to take the promised land, enter into what God had for him, he had to have a spirit of worship and respect and reverence for the God of the universe who was speaking through the commander of the Lord's armies, who may have been uh, a manifestation of Christ himself, who knows. But uh, he respected and worshipped, and that was the beginning of, 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 of winning over um, the promised land that God had said was theirs. And for us, if we uh, are to enter the kingdom, if we are to know right relationships and peace and joy, no matter what's happening around us. Paul wrote letters from prison and spoke of the joy he had, no matter what was happening around him but we can have right relationships, peace and joy in any circumstances uh, in this life as far as it's dependent on us. And we too need to be uh, those who worship and reverence God. For some, uh, it will be, uh, you might, uh, that encounter might be an, uh, quite an ecstatic experience that, that is uh, dramatic for you. Others, it's a quiet assurance. You just know deep in your heart by the witness of the Holy Spirit that you are the chi- a child of God and you, you just deep in your heart, you have that worship and encounter uh, with, with God. Conrad and Sam's testimonies last week. Uh, talked about the massive transformation that happened in their lives when they encountered the living God in a new way and then new things begin uh, to break into their lives. But as we encounter and experience the reality of the living God, we need to listen to what God is saying. One of the principles that I operate on when I was doing this task that i i hadn 't been trained for, and uh, um, I just want to assure you Marine and harbors were checking the boat regularly, so it 's okay. but one of the things I operated on was listen to those who know, and so we need to take a listen uh, to to Ultimately, the God of the universe who has given us his word, um, we need to listen uh, to those who know if we're going to know right relationships, peace and joy in our relationships. Joshua was given clear instructions from the command of the Lord's hosts. In verses 1 to 5, it says, um, now, Joshua, uh, now, now Jericho was uh, tightly shut up because of the Israelites, so no one went out and no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once, Uh, with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Make seven uh, priests carry the trumpets of ram's horns in front of uh, the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a a long blast on the trumpets, make all the people give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up and every uh, man will enter straight in clear instructions from the living God if they were to win the victory and enter into the promised land that, uh, that God had promised them uh, when they left Egypt and when they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and when they, now they were finally on the brink of entering in. And uh, they were gi- Joshua and then to the people were given uh, clear instructions One of those instructions was, which had been given 400 years ago, that uh, would happen when they entered into the Promised Land, and I need to address it, it could be a whole sermon, one of the things they were asked to do was to destroy men, women and child and destroy everybody in the land. Now, I haven't got time to deal with that uh, fully in in a brief... uh, in a sermon that's looking at the full picture of what happened as they claim the victory. But the simple summary, and um, cost me a book to read during the week to sort the, get my own head around all this. Um, But the clear uh, message that I think needs to be understood is God was dealing with evil, not uh, not a particular group of people just because they were Canaanites. He said similar things to Israel. He said, "If you don't feed the poor, if you don't care for the alien, if you don't look after the orphan, uh, if you if you if you worship idols, then you're you are going to be uh, uh, exiled. Your 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 nation is going to to be raped and pillaged as as." Um, God uses other uh, nations uh, to judge them for what they were doing. So God was to oversimplify and it might stimulate your reading and research during the week. God was dealing uh, with a sinful culture and just to finish by on that issue, just to say that they didn't end up uh, necessarily killing everybody, but they destroyed the sinful structures and culture that could have infected their uh, way of living that needed to be honouring to God. And I hope I've just sown and one of the jobs of a preacher is to leave you with something to go home and research and question and read more. Um, But the key issue was destroying the sinful influence that could have been there if they had continued uh, just to let things be uh, as they were. But that was one of the things that um, Joshua was told uh, to do. Um, And uh, we too, if we want to enter the promised land, we need to be willing uh, to destroy the sinful influences that are in uh, our lives. Things that we know are leading us into sin in some way, leading us to do things um, as a child of God that rob us of good relationships, peace and joy. I wasn't sure, it's not in my notes, but um, when I was about 14 or 15, I had my first encounter with pornography, and uh, we lived on a farm, and it was, um, the neighbours were all probably a couple of kilometres away, and we used to ride our bikes along the main highway, and I went out one morning, and there was a Playboy magazine on the side of the road, and I was a very grown up in a very conservative Christian home. I'd never seen a naked woman, let alone a picture in a magazine. Um, and uh, um, I had a look at it, and I thought, whoa. And it was a bit of a shock to this young, um, naive Christian boy. Um, and I somehow I knew I couldn't take it back into home. I thought, this is not something. I just sensed that something wasn't right. And so I uh, went home, and... Uh, Got a box of matches and uh, went back. I did have another look. And then I climbed the neighbour's fence because I wasn't game to do it in our property. I thought mum and dad might see me. And I dug a bit of a hole and I lit a match and I burnt that magazine. If I'd have put it under my bed at home, it would have been a constant temptation. Today, with our phones, the access to these things is so, uh, so readily available. And there's apps and things where you can destroy and cut off uh, the things that can undermine you, no matter what it is, whether it's triggers for your anger, triggers for your unforgiveness, whatever it is, you need to put aside and and cut off. And and just as the Jewish people destroyed the cultural influences that would have corrupted them, you need to put out of your lives those things uh, that are destroying right relationships, um, peace and joy for you. But it's one thing to know what God is telling you to do. And I could have listened to all the good advice about how to build a boat. But if I ignored it, then it would have been a dog's breakfast. And our lives can be a dog's breakfast if we don't do what God has made clear about how we are to live lives, if we want good relationships, peace and joy, to have kingdom living here and now, to enter into the promised land of what God has called us to when we come to Jesus. Not an easy life necessarily, but good relationships, peace and joy that God uh, wants us to have. And I know I cut corners uh, on one very important part of the boat. I was running out of money. I borrowed a quarter of a million dollars and the, the money was running up. I'd mortgaged the family home. And I thought, well, i better slow down the spending. So so when I uh, came to sort out the electrics in their boat, the generator and the batteries, I thought I'll save some money here. And I got a $1,500 uh, diesel generator from uh, from China. I got some secondhand uh, 12, 2-volt tw- cells that were second-hand um, forklift batteries, and I thought, this will do the job, that'll get me started, and it was an absolute disaster. I cut corners, I didn't obey and do what the advice had been about putting in a good set of batteries, get a decent generator that won't blow up and blow black smoke as soon as uh, after the first uh, month or two. You have to do and obey what God has said. If you want right relationships, peace and joy, you need to actually put into practice uh, what God has has called you to. The Jewish people had to march around the city seven times, blowing trumpets on the seventh day, march around seven times on the seventh day, Reminds, remain silent for those seven times until uh, Joshua gave the command to shout. They had to do everything according to what God had said if they were to enter into uh, the promised land. And God has made very clear to us about the kind of life he wants us to live. The Ten Commandments cop a lot of flack these days but it's like saying don't put sugar in your tank don't put sand in your oil in your car make sure you uh yeah you keep you do those things you're going to make things function properly when when god said you know don't have other gods before me meaning listen and worship and honor the god who created you don't make any graven images and idols that you worship um you don't take the lord uh the, the, the the lord's name in vain remember Uh, the sabbath day and keep it holy have a rest day in your week do what is right and focus on god during that time honor your father and mother don't murder don't commit adultery don't steal any of those things will destroy good relationships destroy peace in your life it won't send you to hell but it will destroy and perhaps give you a bit of hell on earth if you begin to do those things And we need to do the things that God has called us to. The prophet said, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God. So much unrest in the world today is because people and nations don't do what is just and right. Destroys relationships between nations, destroyed relationships within nations. And uh, God has made it very clear to do justice, love mercy and walk humbly with God. Jesus' kingdom teaching, all the things that he said about how to live our lives uh, is all part of us knowing good relationships, peace and joy. Um, and Jesus, uh, Jesus summed up all his teaching. He said, uh, that summed up in love the Lord uh, your God and love your neighbour as yourself. That sums up all um, the law and the prophets, all the Old Testament is summed up in love God and love your neighbour as yourself and the pastoral epistles talk about how to live in families um, with humility and grace and respect and holiness and mutual submission to one another out of reverence for Christ, all these things will generate good relationships and peace and joy as we follow them according to what God uh, has made very clear for how we are to live and the Jewish people as they were going to have victory and enter into the promised land. They had to do what God had made clear in his word. And fourthly, we need to persevere in obedience. Can you imagine the Jewish people marching around the city, you know, every day in silence and um, First day, second day, third day, all the, I'm sure the Jerichoites were gathering on the walls and watching them and probably mocking them, who knows what was going on. And I'm sure some of them thought, why don't we just storm the gates while they're all up on the walls and we'll win an easy victory. Why don't we just depart from what God has made clear and take a shortcut and do something that will get the victory that seemed so obvious to us in our human wisdom but they, they didn't do that. They followed what God had made clear and they continued to persevere in doing what God has said. And I want to say to us that there's times you'll wonder, is it worth living out your faith? Is it worth living life how God has called us to live? Is it worth to continue to obey and honour Jesus in everything that you do? Is it worth obeying what the Scripture says? And then uh, I think it's very uh, clear, clear, From what the Jewish people, they won the victory because they persevered in obedience. And God calls us to persevere in obedience even when we feel it's crazy to be doing it. Or maybe other people are telling us that it's crazy to do it. We need to persevere in what we're doing. In 2 Peter 1 verse 5 and 9 it says for this reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control the key word we're looking at perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ but whoever does not have them in is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their sins. I think the reason we fall back into sin is because we forget that we are forgiven. If you know you are forgiven, it's very hard to go and do something that you know is dishonouring to the God who's made it very clear what you're meant to do. I sometimes say to people, if you're being tempted, just thank God that you are forgiven. Now that might sound like licence, But if you genuinely mean it as a relational sense of God, I just know your grace, then I I would be confident to say that you cannot truly be aware of God's grace and still continue to do something that you know is dishonouring to God. You need to live in his grace, grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and then kingdom realities will break into your life more and more. This is just the first of many battles. You will have, if you like, many battles during your... Spirit, uh, your life on this earth and kingdom living here in this, uh, in this world that you will need to just put these principles into practice. And finally, trust God for victory in His time. The Jewish people, first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, seventh day, seven times, counting through the times they were going down, they, they would be wondering, is this really going to happen? How's this going to win the city? And then finally, when Joshua um, tells them to shout, um, the victory shout, the walls fell and they stormed the city and they took over the city. And uh, it was in God's time, in God's way, that they won the victory. And so too, there'll be (coughs) times where you need to just keep uh, trusting God that in His time, even when you've done everything that needs to be done, You need to just be trusting that God in His time will restore relationships, that fresh joy um, in the psalmist said, joy comes in the morning, restore unto me the joy of my salvation and I'll show sinners your way. And uh, as that joy returns to us, God will use us in His way in the way that He uh, wants to use us. But as we finish, this series in Joshua is about the memorials. And one of the commands was um, that uh, when Jericho was totally destroyed, they weren't to rebuild the city and there was a curse on anyone that rebuilt the city. And I want to say that if there's something that God has asked you to, if you like, destroy and put out of your life, if you begin to rebuild that into your life, it will destroy good relationships, peace and joy in your life. And so we need to be those people um, who, if you like, remember the things we've put out of our life and keep them out of our life, so that we don't undermine the kingdom living that God wants for us. The joy of knowing, uh, the joy of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I wanna leave you uh, with a question this morning. Um, What is robbing you of good relationships, peace and joy in your relationship? With Jesus, What's robbing you of good relationships, peace and joy that's within your capacity to do something? When I'm doing marriage counselling, I say to both husband and wife, don't worry about what your husband or your wife is doing. What's your contribution to the problem? Or in a friendship relationship or whatever, what are you contributing to the problem? You may not be contributing a lot, depending what's going on but focus on what God's saying to you. And when you do your part, God will need to convict the other person about what they need to do as well. And so I wanna leave you with that question. What's robbing you of good relationships and peace and joy? And then deal with that thing. It may be a small thing. I can have momentary losses of kingdom peace and kingdom joy when I know I should have rung someone. And every time they're there, name comes to my mind, I feel a heaviness on my, I should have done that, I need to do that and once I've done it, there's a, that's a very minor, I'm just illustrating how, how kingdom living means obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit in the little things as well as the big things and obviously when there's things that are far more significant that I know God has called me to and I don't do it, then I feel heaviness and, and loss of joy joy. And if we violate the things that God has made very clear, then it will destroy our relationships. So I just leave it with you that you will put those things, allow God to speak to you as I've asked that question, what's robbing you of peace and joy and good relationships? And then let God work through you uh, and to bring about, uh, if you like, the promised land the Kingdom living that He has promised for us, both now and for eternity. But we forget sometimes that it begins now. No matter what circumstances we're in, we can know the joy and peace and have the right attitude to those around us that gives us great joy in living for God. Let me pray as I hand back to the worship team. Father, we thank You, Lord, that uh, You have called us into the promised land of Kingdom living, Father of living in ways that honour You, that that are the way You intended for us to live. And we pray, Father, for each of us in our personal lives, that we will listen to the promptings of Your Holy Spirit, sometimes little things, sometimes big things. There's a whole lot of things that over time God will deal with, that You will deal with, Father. And we just ask, Father, that the one thing that You put Your finger on in each of our lives today that we will go and determine in our hearts to put it aside that we might know the good relationships, peace and joy that you have promised us. And we thank you for those things in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, You can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.